Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and this episode, we're talking Terminator Dark Fate and Aussie movie E Runner, plus all the latest movie news and trailers, of course. Before we talk about the big one, I want to talk about this lovely Australian movie called Emu Runner. Yes. Written and directed by Imogen Thomas in consultation with an Aboriginal woman, Frayne Barker. The, the film is set and shot in outback New South Wales. And how important was it having that relationship with the Aboriginal community and coming out with the story? Very important. The story is about a young Aboriginal girl who loses her mother very early on in the movie and she develops connection with an emu to help her through the loss and the grief and she is a very good runner. That's where the emu runner thing comes into it. Right, gotcha. Is she ever as fast as the emu? <laughs> no. <laughs> but she tries. Yeah. <laughs> This is a really beautiful film. The landscape shots in the film are gorgeous. You get some really artistic, lingering shots of the Australian outback and the animals, and it's very beautiful. I think sometimes those lingering artistic shots are its downfall, though. They're a little bit too... What, like, to affect the pace of the story? Yes, Mm. a little bit too self-indulgent, maybe. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful story, and the cultural aspects are told very well. But do you think it, it could have told the story a bit more concisely? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe also the acting was a little bit stilted. You know, I mean, a lot of the really highly charged emotional scenes involved children. Mm -hmm. So that's not surprising. One other really lovely aspect about this is the music. They utilised music very well throughout this, and it was really lovely to complement the story. 
So it sounds like they got a lot of the techniques in cinematography and music to Mm. tell the story, but maybe do you think it lacked a bit in character development and and dialogue and script and all the rest of it? There was a few racial subplots thrown in as well that Mm -hmm. I think either could have been fleshed out a bit more or left out completely. Like it was straddling the line between wanting to tell a more important story and being a feel-good Australian film. Okay. The only issue I had was the ending was a little bit too everything comes good in the end. Right. You know, it was uplifting, but maybe a little bit schmaltzy. Okay, because that's sometimes okay, mm. but if it left you feeling a bit ripped off or that it didn't actually feel authentic, then mm. that's where it's a bit of a problem, right? I think maybe the rose-coloured cinematography lens overflowed into the story uh-huh. a little bit. Uh-huh. You wanted them to take a few more risks. Yes, but it was a really lovely Australian film, and it's important to support Australian films like this. It's in cinemas for a very limited run, so have a Google and go out and see it. Right, so that's Emu Runner, written and directed by who? Imogen Thomas. Imogen Thomas, wonderful. So how many popcorn corners would you give Emu Runner? I'm torn between a two and a half and a three. What would get it to three, and what would keep it at two and a half? I think maybe if it was a more experienced writer-director, perhaps. Uh, all right, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Definitely a solid Australian story, and we need to tell more of these Australian stories. Mm. But maybe a little bit more experience would hit the nail on the head. Fair. Mm. The next film we're going to review has a lot of experience in its storytelling and its history Mm -hmm. since uh, the first Terminator film back in 1984. So Mm. Terminator Dark Fate... It's the, what would you say, the sixth film in a franchise? Oh, up teen. Four, five, yeah, sixth film in a franchise. Mm-hmm. However, they're discounting... Everything past number two. Yeah, exactly. So this is a direct sequel... To Judgment Day. To Judgment Day, uh, back from the early 90s. So if you've been living under a rock mm. and you don't know what Terminator's about, it's about a futuristic machine who comes back in time to kill someone important. In the first two movies, the case was it was John Connor. Yeah who leads the resistance against the machines in the future. Because we referenced Judgment Day before. That's the day in 1997 in terms of, if we're talking timelines Mm. here, which is actually really important within Mm. the storytelling mechanic of Terminator because Mm. there's a lot of time travel and Mm -hmm. setting, you know, resetting the future. Machines have taken over the world. Mm -hmm. So artificial intelligence is basically nuclear bombs and Mm. explosions and, you know, billions of people died around the world. So what the previous films have done is trying to protect John Connor Mm. to lead the resistance, like Mm -hmm. you said, Lee, and then set a course Mm -hmm. to a new, safer future for humans. So James Cameron's back on board for this. Producer James Cameron is back on board. Mm -hmm. He did the first two movies and then lost the rights or sold the rights to the films for the rest of them. Yeah. So this is why it's a direct sequel to the second movie. Yeah, he wanted to come back. So he's come back in two capacities as a producer and as story buyer. So he didn't write the screenplay, but he contributed to the story. And he handpicked Tim Miller as the director who worked on Deadpool. We all know how excited, I guess, Mm. we both were going into Mm. this. And I think... We were both having a pretty good time in there, right? Oh, what a ride. Yeah. This film was, in my opinion, fantastic. Yeah. There were a few issues, and we'll go into those, Mm. but what an action-packed thrill ride. I was on the edge of my seat. The whole time. It it certainly delivered in action, and the Mm. Terminator films are quite known, especially T2, for their action sequences and iconic... You know, this kind of ramped it up a bit of a notch. Mm. I felt, though, that there were some clear, clear standouts, some astonishing choreography Mm. and how, you know, Tim Miller is great in pulling together action sequences and directing them. Mm. You could see every dollar on the screen, right? Mm. But the CGI kind of let it down 
here and there, yet some moments looked flawless. I think that's the issue with modern films is the over-reliance on CGI sometimes. Mm. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more stunt work Yeah. in this film. I mean, you have to, in a film like the Terminator series, you have to use CGI because it's a futuristic machine. You have to have those kind of elements in play. Oh, yeah. But how well you marry it with the stunt work mm. and the actors is, a, is very telling. And I think they overused the CGI a little bit in this one. I think so too. Now, can we touch on the story here without revealing too much? Because there are a lot of really nice moments in the story that, that come to light and we mm. want you to experience them in the time. Because it kind of explains why we're here, why Arnie is mm. there, what Linda Hamilton is coming back, what she's been doing over the last, mm. you know, two or more decades. I think we can say the story mirrored Terminator 1 and Judgment Day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and kind of melded the two stories with a modern twist. Sure. I mean, look, they're there to protect someone mm-hmm. because the Terminators are coming back to kill her. Um, and she obviously, you find out what key part she and the people around her, you know, play mm-hmm. in that. What has happened, though, is like Sarah Connor, we'll talk about Linda Hamilton in a moment, mm-hmm. and John Connor, they stopped Judgment Day, but what you find out pretty soon on is that, you know, there was another future and it's not Skynet this time, it's someone else, Mm -hmm. another company where the machines have taken over. And so we're Mm. kind of like constantly having to fight for the future Mm. that the human race needs and to beat the machine. So Mm. it kind of throws you into this new, different post-apocalyptic world that the humans are now trying to, you know, avoid Mm. again. I was very happy with the story. As I said, it had a lot of mirroring aspects to the first two films, which I was fine with. Some people may say it was unimaginative in that sense, mm. but I think that's what the fans want. Yeah, and look, it's not. it didn't do quite what The Force Awakens did with Star Wars, which was almost like a shot-for-shot shot remake mm. of A New Hope. I felt like Terminator Dark Fate, although there were similarities, mm. it had a point of difference. Definitely. I think it brought different flavours and elements to it enough that made it feel like, one, a sequel, and two, a standalone. I was very happy with the story, and that's down to James Cameron's genius, obviously. I did have a bit of an issue with the script. Mm -hmm. I felt sometimes it was predictable and unimaginative in Mm. places. Yeah. That let it down a little bit. Well, I mean, that's kind of James Cameron as well. He's a little bit cliched, but somehow gets away with it. Mm. So, I mean, it wasn't his dialogue this time. No. Yeah, I guess influenced by where where he wanted the story to go, Mm. and then the dialogue that follows. Do we want to talk Linda Hamilton? Yes. Because... Far out. She <laughs> just brought so much to this film. Mm-hmm. She was kick-ass, badass, unapologetic. She stole She stole the movie, I reckon. She was the star. And then also such vulnerability in some places. Yeah, actually, that moment in the, mm. in the woods. She's a yeah. tour de force, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think you'd be surprised, actually, how good she is. Mm-hmm. She's better than I ever thought she might be. But then I'm sitting there going, of course she's going to be this good because she... Yeah. She's an amazing actress. And how well she's just slipped back into the role. Yeah. yeah. After all this time. And, and what new baggage that she's brought to the role too. Yes. Which is quite poignant. Yeah. She wasn't a supporting character. Her character was fully fleshed and out. And I thought she was going to be a supporting character. Mm. I just had that feeling. And I was completely wrong. And I was glad I was wrong. Yeah. And also, I'll just talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger being oh, back in there. yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't give away how he's back in there. Mm. But I think you'll be very happy with how he is. You can't ignore the fact that he's not Arnie in the 80s and the 90s and he's fully ripped, right? Mm. And he's not, like, in his 20s and 30s anymore. Mm-hmm. He's a 70-year-old man, 71 or 2 mm-hmm. or something. So you're going to get a Terminator that has 
that is going to reflect him. Got you know, in his physical, he's got some miles on him, right? Which is fine because he's a machine, and these things happen, right? <laughs> and I think that it was. No, I think it was refreshing. Like, it was good. I'm like, okay, we're not trying to pretend here that Arnie is 80s action, 90s action star Arnie mm. anymore. Like, it's 2019. He's an old fucking bastard. Um, <laughs> and it really added different layers to the story in the script, mm. which I know you are really stoked with. I was really happy as well in how they explained how he's there. I thought yes. they could easily have just done, like, a throwaway comment and made that really flimsy. Mm but they've done a quite a good job to explain how he's mm. still there. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I had to ask you a question after because I think I missed it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, do, 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 do. It all started to make sense in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, but that's just me. I'm sometimes a bit slow. Um, I really enjoyed the beginning. I feel like from the very beginning, it immersed you in that 80s, 90s Terminator vibe. Oh, absolutely. Like the feeling was right there. You were mm. right back in that world. You know what I wanted to hear more of? The Terminator theme. You know, we're talking how how amazing the <laughs> emu runner music was in telling mm. the story. And, I mean, that theme is so iconic. Mm. And I feel like they didn't take us there as much yeah. as I wanted to. A bit more nostalgia you're after? Well, I mean, it, it was dripping in nostalgia. But there's something about the music, though. It's like whenever mm. you hear the Star Wars theme, whenever you hear the Harry Potter music, whenever you hear Indiana mm. Jones, it's like you're allowed, if you keep making the series, which I bloody do, you can go back there because that's a feeling. Mm. I wanted to feel that again but anyway that's just a little criticism i read an interview with tim miller Mm -hmm. where he was talking about when he was handpicked by james cameron to come and direct this and he actually had a little bit of an existential crisis where he said Mm -hmm. is this needed Mm -hmm. right and i thought wow that's great that he asked himself that do you think it was needed i'm glad it happened i don't think we needed another terminator film you mentioned that this is meant to be a trilogy well yeah but it kind of didn't really feel like no, it was needed to maybe wipe the slate clean, to be a palate cleanser mm. for the sequels that didn't work. Yeah. And then I think you can now leave it there. Yeah. I don't I, think we need another two films. No, I agree. I, I mean, I would like to revisit... I'd like to see Sarah Connor again, absolutely. Mm. I'd like to see some of the other supporting characters, but I don't think we need to. Mm. I think the story needs will go in a completely different direction now mm. if they do make sequels. Like spin-offs and whatever. Mm. Yeah, they've told that Sarah Connor, John Connor story now. Yeah, I guess. it's done. Look, I had a really, really good time in there. The action was fantastic. CGI let it down a little bit. And to your point, like the dialogue's... Predictable. Predictable, but, you know, whatever. Just, it didn't really bother me. I would give a three and a half... I'm going to go mm. four. Ooh. It was a four for me. Yeah, yeah. Definitely see this one in the cinema. Yeah, fully immerse yourself in it, absolutely. Um, well, that was Terminator Dark Fate. So there are a few other films out on October 31st. We have Little Monsters, which is a zombie flick with a bit of comedy thrown in, starring Lupita Nyong'o and Josh Gad. It was filmed in Sydney, which is really exciting, and it's about a washed-up musician and teacher who has to protect kids from the zombie invasion while out on a school excursion. Very important gig. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Runs a Marathon is out, starring Gillian Bell as a young, a young woman who decides to turn her life around by training and running for the New York City Marathon. That's out now. Mm-hmm. Balloon, set in 1979, Germany during the Cold War, follows two families trying to flee the East for the West using homemade hot air balloons and it's based on an incredible true story. We also have 47 Metres Down Uncaged. Now we talk about needed sequels. This was not needed. It's a sequel to 2017's movie starring Mandy Moore about 14 girls who go diving and end up trapped below the water. 
with a deadly shark and species. There'll probably be one survivor. All right, let's move on to news. Do you want to kick us off with the Star Wars news? Yes, well, this is quite exciting, I think. A good move. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss have dropped out of doing the next set of Star Wars films, mm. the next trilogy, uh, because they're busy with a Netflix project, says them. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I suspect that this is such an important franchise to fans and confidence wasn't high in their abilities after the um, mm. end of the Game of Thrones but weren't they announced after the last season of Game of Thrones no. was kind of... No, they were announced as it was going to air. Oh, okay. So whatever the reason is, it's probably a good move. I'm actually not concerned. I was about to say I was concerned, but I'm not. Because Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, has come out. Mm. And Kathleen Kennedy is the president of Lucasfilm. Because Solo A Star Wars Story died in the ass. They spent a small fortune because they basically shot the mm. film twice because they... The, yeah. the directors were kicked off and brought in Ron Howard. Anyway, they realised that they're kind of churning stuff out too quickly and once mm. the Star Wars saga is over, they need to really hit reset and mm. find new stories to tell. This is the second trilogy of Star Wars films that have now been delayed mm. and then these guys have come in and now they're removed from mm. whatever this new trilogy was going to be. So I mean, it's a good idea because their focus was going to be split. And if you do mm. a Star Wars film, you really need to give it everything. Oh, absolutely. It's years of work, like three years of work or more. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Nick Cage, Nicholas Cage, <laughs> may be making a mainstream comeback with a horror film called Wally's Wonderland. He'll play a character called the janitor who's trapped in a twisted amusement park where animatronics come to life. Now, I like this for Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. And he hasn't had a hit film in quite a while. Mm. So this could be something that brings him back into the mainstream. Bring back National Treasure. That's I what love I those want. movies. I think they're fantastic. I think they're great. I'm surprised they haven't made a third yet. Uh, the music biopics keep rolling out. So there's now rumours that Paramount have purchased the rights from the Bee Gees estate mm-hmm. on behalf of the producer of Bohemian Rhapsody, which could be interesting. It could be, but we might end up with another fluff piece movie that doesn't really do the story justice. Look, I don't know much about the Bee Gees, but do they have an interesting story? They do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing you want is a biopic 
it doesn't really have much substance or whatever. It's not like everyone has to have a troubled childhood and drug addiction, but no. I mean, it helps with making a good movie. <laughs> but people are fascinated with the behind the scenes lives of celebrities. It's and true. in keeping with that, Rachel Weiss is going to be playing Elizabeth Taylor in a mm. biopic called A Special Relationship, which explores Taylor's journey from actress to activist. So I guess it's going to be focusing on her later work with HIV AIDS yeah. awareness. Yeah. What do you think? feel about that piece of casting? Fantastic. Yeah. I think she's I a brilliant s- actress. And I can see her as Elizabeth Taylor. She mm. has the physicality, I think, to pull it off. Yeah. So more so than when Lindsay Lohan was cast as... What? <laughs> yeah. Lindsay Lohan has played in a TV movie, I think. Oh, dear. Uh, I've not watched it yet, but you can imagine. Yet? Is it on the list? <laughs> uh, no, way down. <laughs> on a list that hasn't been written yet. So Bill Condon and Stephen Swartz are attached to the Christmas Carol musical film we've mentioned on this podcast before, mm-hmm. starring Will Farrell and I think Ryan Reynolds. And I've mentioned that we just really don't need this movie again. Every Christmas, every year, a Christmas Carol is done in some capacity. I am mm. curious, though, to see how they spin it into a musical though and Stephen mm. Swartz is musical royalty he did Wicked one mm. of the ones that pops to mind as strongly as that and Bill Condon has directed Beauty and the Beast remake mm. and all those things can uh, you imagine Will Ferrell in a musical though who would he play though we don't is oh, he Scrooge probably he hasn't actually been but then it, if, he, if he is then it runs the danger of being a little bit too hammy true uh, well maybe that's what they're going for uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was a massive hit last year and they've uh, Sony have officially greenlit the sequel. You need to watch this film even just for its unique and stunning animation style mm. and its way of weaving in all these different timelines with the Spider-Verse and whatever all these different Spider-Man, woman characters coming in. It's, it's a, a lot of fun. It's a really fun offshoot of yeah, the Spider-Man. Yeah, definitely. So that's really exciting that Sony have greenlit that. And Ant-Man 3 is moving forward with Peyton Green and he's returning as director for the third time. If you've got a good formula, don't change it yeah which is interesting because in the marvel cinematic universe they've brought on new directors each time mm. for all the different films i mean taika Waititi is returning for thor thor love and thunder having done ragnarok but yeah this is the most that any one director has done i guess consistency right like you said there's also a little bit of news with the marvel films we probably won't get a film on the scale of the avengers endgame and infinity war again for another 10 years. So they're playing the long game again. They're Mm. going to build up that anticipation again over the next decade with all the extra films in phase four and possibly phase Mm. five. Mm. How do you feel about that? No, I'm okay with that. Mm. I'm okay because they spent 10 years to tell that story. And I mean, we did get, what, 23 movies. So they Mm. did, you know, smash it out. And the payoff was incredible. Payoff was unbelievable. I think that there's a lot more pressure in them trying to find, like, what's at stake this time? Mm. Because... Thanos was wiping out half the universe. So, like, what is... Hmm. What's phase four and five going, and maybe six? I don't know how long, how many hmm. phases it'll take. You know, what what's going to happen there? And they need time to tell that story, to make you believe what's at stake, to pr- introduce a whole lot of new characters, to make the current ones relevant hmm. within that new world, in that post-Thanos world. Well, this is what Marvel does so well. They play the long game well. Hmm. They didn't really know that it was going to end up like that when they started with Iron Man back in 2008. Mm. I guess they'll go about it, probably have a little bit more continuity and consideration. They'll have a fully fleshed out 10 years, which I think that they were a few years in before they actually realised where it was properly going, Mm. I reckon. Could Mm. be wrong, but um, yeah, no, it's exciting. 
And Lady Gaga is going to return to acting. Mm. She's been cast in an upcoming Gucci murder film. Yeah. She's going to be playing the ex-wife of Gucci's murdered grandson. That, I read that and I was trying to get my head around yeah. what that meant. But <laughs> Well, she, she was thrown in jail for it. She was yeah. known as the Black Widow. Mm, mm. So it's an interesting, very interesting story. Yeah, I'm, I'm really keen to see her return to the big screen. She stole the show in A Star Is Born, mm. Oscar nominated. And I like that she's taken time to consider what her next mm. move is in film. And obviously she's got a few other side hustles in her pop music mm. career and all the rest of it. Not that I don't have faith that she can do it, but this is a very different role to A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born mm. was almost like an extension of her. Do you know what I mean? She That's was true. It's very similar mm. world that she's already immersed in mm. as a singer. This is just going to be completely dramatic acting. Mm. So mm. She was originally cast as Donatella Versace in Ryan Murphy's mm. Assassination of Gianni Versace. Yeah. And ultimately, that series is brilliant. Mm. I guess maybe this is like her way into that sort of fashion world in a different sort of story. So we had some new trailers this week. We've got the final trailer for Jumanji 2, The Next Level. Mm. goes back into the world of Jumanji, the video game. The kids are sucked back into the into the game to save one of their own, but something goes wrong this time. There's two new characters that get sucked in, played by Danny DeVito and Donald Glover. Yeah. Well, I say played by, but then, of course, you know that The Rock and Kevin Hart Mm. take over those characters when they're inside the game. It shows there's more worlds or levels to the game, so it's expanding that world, which Mm. I think is going to be really fun. They've got the desert, the snowy mountains. Which a game like this is the perfect premise to keep churning out films because you can say new level and new experiences and upgrades and whatever it is, so that's kind of like no surprise there. This new trailer, and I think more so than the first one, works really, really hard to tell you this is funny, this is funny, Mm. this is going to be a lot of fun, funny, funny, funny. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm I'm worried that, one, they're getting all the funny out... You said to me you have a bit of a concern. I've got a bit of a concern about watching The Rock and Kevin Hart play old guys Mm. for a whole movie. I think it's funny as a gimmick to begin with, but it could get tiring Mm. pretty quickly. But what this new trailer shows us is that the characters get mixed up again. Yeah. So there's lots of body swapping Mm. going on. Which I'm open to. Look, this isn't a headline, but I'm going to say it here and I'm worried about your reaction. (laughs) (laughs) I've got... Dwayne Johnson fatigue. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. How very dare you. I know. Actually, that could be a question for our avid listeners. We'd like to know if you are having Dwayne Johnson fatigue. Like, is he just in too many films? Is it just The Rock playing The Rock every time? Well, I'm going to reveal something very controversial to you now, Tim, that oh, I've been keeping gee. hidden. It's all coming out. I don't love every movie that The Rock has been in. Oh, <laughs> Mind blown. Didn't love... Well, thank fuck, by the way, because some of his films are awful. We've got the final trailer and character posters for Ian Johnson's Knives Out, starring so many big names. You can't list them all. Tony Collette, Chris Evans, Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis, Mm -hmm. so many. It's a bit of a spoof on the murder mystery genre when a patriarch of a rich eccentric family is killed. The new trailer gives us a bit more of a picture about Mm. who the members of this family are. I think the standout, though, is still going to be Daniel Craig as the detective. Oh, I agree. They're working really hard to communicate to us that this is a really level playing field ensemble comedy and everyone's got a unique angle to bring to their character and their story. And I can never know where movies are going and these (laughs) ones frustrate me more than ever because it's literally like, who did it? It's just one thing you're trying to find out and there's one answer 
and I can never get it. You want to know. I really want to know. But that's kind of exciting with these films. I'm really excited. They're they're marketing this film Mm. really, really well. So hopefully it's a great success. Do you want to talk quickly about the grudge trailer? Yeah. So, oh, look, I never really had much of an affiliation or love for the original grudge series. They're quite forgettable in my mind, to be Mm. honest. And, you know, this trailer ticks all the boxes in. Tension, suspense, Mm. mystery, you know, got that detective feel to it. Why are they making that? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea why they're making it. There's even all the, you know, the hand in the shower and the back mm. of the head. We've done it. We've done it. We've seen it. It hasn't been that long. Yeah. But they're probably going to make seven movies mm. and they're making them cheaply. They'll make a good yeah. return. And this is the first one that doesn't involve the original creator of the series, which yeah. is a big Concern. red flag. Mm. Big red flag. Yeah. So what's coming next week, November 7? This is a really, really exciting lineup of movies. Mm-hmm. So we've got Last Christmas, co-written by Emma Thompson and directed by Paul Feig, starring Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. And it's a Christmas movie set to the music of George Michael's discography, his catalogue, which is just wonderful. I love Christmas movies. I would see this kind of movie makes me want to guess it and spoil it. I feel like there's a twist and I feel like I know what the twist is and I really oh, want to spoil me. it. Don't tell no, me. No, I won't. But... <laughs> <laughs> These kind of movies always have a bit of a twist. I mean, the trailer t- says too much, I think, yeah. but that's fine. We've also got out Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining, starring Ewan McGregor as the grown-up Danny Torrance mm. with supernatural powers. He's trying to protect a young girl with similar powers to him from a supernatural cult. So what I want to do is re-watch The Shining, mm-hmm. um, Stanley Kubrick's film from, what, 1980? Mm. Just to clarify, this is... a. Obviously a film sequel, but Stephen King wrote a novel sequel as well. So that's what yes. this is based on. Yep. So it's not just, you know, the film industry being too greedy, although it kind of is. You've got solid material to work from. Hopefully. I mean, Stephen King, in my opinion, is a bit of a hit and miss writer, Ooh. especially in his his stories being... This is a super controversial adapted. episode. I just think that a lot of his novels have been adapted poorly to the small and big screen in my opinion we're just making too much stephen king stuff but anyway we've also got a fun family film called arctic justice out which is about a small arctic fox with big dreams of becoming a hotshot sled delivery dog in the process of proving himself he finds the hidden lair of an evil walrus who wants to release smelly gas and destroy the planet now (laughs) this one is obviously aimed at the younger crowd yeah We've also got Pain and Glory starring Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz, which came out on the festival circuit earlier this year, mm. and you saw it earlier this year, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Serious Oscar buzz, completely agree. Antonio Banderas offers probably his greatest performance. Penelope Cruz is just wonderful to watch. It's a very, very funny movie, funnier than you kind of think, mm. with quite serious undertones. We've got a new category at the Oscars this year. We'll renamed category of Best International Film. You think this one will take it out? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. Yes, by the way. You do? Uh, yeah. Even so, up to against, answer your question. Even up against Parasite? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've got about that. Let me revise. Little gem. No, Parasite is something else. It is a classic and, oh, my gosh, can't rave more about that movie. Parasite will probably take Best Picture. I'll call it now. But it just has to. There's no one else anywhere near its mastery. Mm. Just saying. Wow. On that note, (laughs) that's our episode for this week. A bit of controversy. A bit nervous about what I've said about Stephen King 
adaptations, but I stand by it. Go and check out Terminator Dark Fate, especially if you're a fan of the series and how it kind of resets that timeline. Go and see Emu Runner. It's only in cinemas for a limited release in some cinemas in some states. So get on Google and check it out. It's a beautiful Australian story and we really should support Australian cinema. Wonderful. And we got our first Christmas movie of the season and a sequel in Doctor Sleep that we're hopefully going to catch and review. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.